Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 85 of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. My name is Mark Stevenson from Coldessi. And this is Mark Vila with Coleman and & Company, and today we're here to talk about the steps to growing your home-based business. Yeah, and, and this one's really exciting because, you know, we we don't do many episodes that, that are meant for you guys specifically. Yes. We have tons of customers, lots of listeners who, you know, who have like a little hobby or uh, maybe like a, a craft an enthusiasm for a particular kind of craft yep. um, that, that want to take that extra thing they do nights and weekends and make some real money with it. And it happens all the time. And what we've done is we've kind of broken down the steps yeah. that we've seen people take and then what we recommend you take to go from sitting in your sewing room or in the corner of your garage working with a cricket yep. uh, to actually uh, making some real money. Yeah, and, and this is not just information that we've put together from our own knowledge, but yeah. these are things that are that our customers who have made it, are re- this is what they do. Yeah. So we talk to them all the time. We talk to them in our Facebook group and um, on the phone. You know, We'll call them up and do interviews. We have success stories, all yep. these things. Absolutely. And these are all the different pieces that go, that go into it. Yeah. And we put them into a list of 12 things. And if you follow these 12 steps, you're 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 going to make it. Yes. And you just you depending how much time you have to spend on each step is going to be different, but these these are the steps to actually do it. And I just want to say there's no particular reason that we chose 12 steps. Okay. These are just <laughs> it just it just happened that way. It's, you know, we're thinking of, you know, we're 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 imagining that we're you mm-hmm. and we're you know, we're thinking about what it takes. And uh, oh, before I go any farther, okay. I, I want to say that um, there are some companion podcast episodes that we'd like you to listen to after this one. Okay. Oh, and good that's, thought. Um, episodes 29 through 31. Mm-hmm. You can find them at uh, customapparelstartups.com, uh, and they're all about how to make more money next month. Yep. Okay, so there's a lot of great additional planning that you can do and additional steps that you can take separate from what we're talking about here. Those podcasts are meant for everybody this podcast is meant just for you. Yeah, exactly. So um, this is continue listening if any of these fall into it. All yes. right, this is this is the break point right here, and, okay. and still continue listening if if you don't fit into this because there's great information. But I think it is really important for you to listen to this podcast. One, if you've got a dream of taking a home based business, making money with it, and doing something great with it, yeah. whatever that might be for you. Whether it's making more money, getting a second income, replacing your full-time job. Spending more time with the kids. Yeah, being your own boss. Yeah. Um, having something to pass down to the kids. Right. You know, um, having something to do, you know, with your spouse right. or your best friend. Whatever it might be, you've got this dream. So if you've got this dream, this is one of the steps right here. This is a breaking point for you is yeah. that you can take, you know, less than an hour of, your, of all the time that you've got in your life and put it towards that dream. Right. And and I love that. So uh, if you are, for example, a specifically like a cricket or a silhouette owner. Yep. So if you uh, are part of the tribe of people that spend their that their their free time revolves around using a cricket to produce 
you know, promotional products or t-shirts or something like that, usually what happens is somebody notices what you're doing because you make a shirt for your kids or something. Yep. They offer you a few bucks for it and that's when it, that's when it, it all starts. Rolls up. If, if you've got a heat press machine, maybe yeah. you bought something off of, uh, you know, used online or something cheap off of um, Amazon or something eBay. like that, yep. your eBay, you've got a really inexpensive starter heat press. You've seen the beautiful ones out there maybe online, but you've got this inexpensive one and maybe you're buying transfers online or you're buying them locally from somebody and you're making sh shirts or apparel that way yeah. this is for you as well or maybe you didn't just spend a few hundred dollars but you spent thousands of dollars on a really beautiful consumer embroidery machine yeah like a, like a, a Viking one. or a uh, brother PE 1000 or you know anything like that and you're doing embroidery for for holidays for friends and family and people are coming to you to uh, to start a job or you know you're making that connection you embroider at home you do really nice work and you look on Etsy and then you embroider and you look on Etsy yep. and you can kind of see that there's profit to be made. Yep. And I think the, the last bit is if it's anything in between that. So maybe you um, you hand paint Christmas ornaments. Yes. And you're trying to start into something where antique you can antique signs. Yeah, yeah, antique signs. Like and you're trying to figure out a way to take this business and amplify it and maybe automate it with uh, with equipment or with something with a better technique that's more than just how you do it now. Yeah. Um, a brief story was uh, one woman who had purchased one of our rhinestone systems was making rhinestone transfers by hand. You know, right. this, that's her. That's her yes. story is that she was making them by hand and she turned around She and bought, invested a little bit of money in equipment and to take the steps to no longer yeah. take 15, 20 minutes to make a shirt and turn it into less than five minutes to make a shirt. So, so for those of you who don't, who are not in the right, the rhinestone world and think what you do is detailed, yeah. um, <laughs> the, the rhinestones that we're talking about are anywhere from one and a half millimeter to four millimeter diameter. So um, that's tweezers, tweezers, and magnifying glass to get this stuff done. <laughs> at least, at least in my yeah. Case. So there's there are so many people like you out there, and there's a difference between one step and an, and another set. So yeah. there's I think there's three, right? Yeah. One are the folks that you're having fun with it now. You think you're going to make some money. You get frustrated. It takes too long to do things. You give up, and then it collects dust, and you've got this yes. thing in the corner. You yeah. don't you don't want to be that person because right. you've already gotten this far into the podcast. Yep. Uh, the True. second is. Uh, you do what you do, don't do anything different, and you continue to make that little bit of money and spend a lot of time, and it never really goes anywhere until uh, just infinitely on. Yeah. Uh, if you're made it this far, you probably don't want to be there either. Right. The third one is the people who take steps, who become business owners, and what's amazing about it is all the people that are our customers, people we talk to, these are just regular people who do it. They're not... Uh, super geniuses. Yeah. They don't have great connections in the business world. These right. are regular people, and these are the steps they do. So I think we should get into them. I, I, I think so too. Okay. So right. uh, let's do number one, which I think is is really important, and that is to start thinking about what you do as a business mm -hmm. and treating it like a business. Yeah. Because because there's a big difference there, right? So if you have a hobby that you really enjoy, then uh, you know you're going to do it whether you're not you're making money. Mm -hmm. um, and the point of a business, I have to hammer home here, is for you to make a profit. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not just to pay yourself, but it's so you can make money and you have a little leftover to put in the bank. So you've got to take your this hobby that you're devoted to and you've got to think about it now like a business. And yeah. there are some, some things involved in thinking about it like a business. Yeah, and 
for resources on how to do that, yeah. there's definitely a bunch of our podcasts. There's um, a Profit First podcast. That's a great, that's a great so one. So that's one about talking about the profit. But right. um, I give you all the credit because I skipped this step completely when okay. I wrote this list right. about um, treating it like a business. But that's what you've got to do, which means that um, orders are for profit. Right. That you cannot, that there is no guilt into making profit from a business. That's how our yes. world works. Yes. Um, you know, nobody feels, uh, the grocery store does not feel guilty for charging right. you that, that they make a lot of money on, say, potato, so, right. uh, you know, potatoes. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's the scenario yeah. is, you know, you, you know, you do, I'm just going to pick embroidery. Mm -hmm. You embroider um, Christmas stockings. And you do that for your family and somebody sees it and they, they love it and they want to pay you for it. And you're like, that's amazing. Let's see, the Christmas stockings cost me $3. I'll um, I'll charge them $5. Yeah. You know, they, they really just, they're um, most people that are in that craft or home-based business to, to you know, real business um, are reticent. They're shy. They're embarrassed about charging too much. Yeah. And part of thinking about it like a business is realizing that the goal is not to sell it for the smallest money possible. Yeah, that's true. You're not you're not strategizing here. Say, okay, um, I guess I could get by if I just made two dollars. You know, that's not the idea. The idea is, you know, how much money can you make from doing this activity? Yeah, that's a business. And it, how much would and thinking of it like a business would be. Um, if you're going to do those stockings, right? Mm -hmm. How much would it cost for somebody to go to a local store, take a stocking and get it embroidered? Right. Or order it online. What would that cost them? The, and, you know, that might cost them $20 or $25. Yep. I don't know the number, but uh, I didn't properly research Christmas stockings. That, that's okay. That's <laughs> but, okay. Um, but how much would it, it cost them? You should charge something like that. Right. And you're going to get, oh, what, what's the family discount and things like that? What's the yeah. friends and family? You know what the friends and family discount is? You're really doing me a huge favor by being one of my customers. Right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure... That it is awesome. Yeah, like, or that's hey, the discount. Hey, if you are if you are uh, going to charge a retail price and somebody does ask for a friends and family discount, you might have a little bit that you can put in there for them. There you go. But not if you've spent the day trying to figure out, okay, how little can I charge everybody? Because it doesn't matter what you charge, everyone's going to ask for more of a discount. Yeah, we found that out. The yeah, <laughs> that's true. So yeah, so you charge a fair amount, and then you can you can offer a discount. So, so that's one yeah, thing. And we're going to talk about more more about profitability next. Yeah. But one of the one of the, the other parts of treating it like a business is getting your paperwork straight. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want to be able to um, create a, an invoice. Yep. You're going to try to figure out how to track orders. You know, you're going to have to have an order form that somebody's going to fill out. You've got to make decisions based around your business. So, like, are um, are you going to allow people to bring you stuff to embroider or to put a vinyl design on? Or are you going to only sell things that you create from scratch? You know, you've got to make all of those choices um, with a business in mind, not a hobby. Yeah, and part of um, part of treating it like a business is making it a business. Yeah. Literally. Yes. So you go to your state, you file like sole proprietor paperwork yep. or, or, or get a business LLC, license. get a business license, get a resale certificate. Your state's going to be different. Go to your state website. We've actually got, um, we've got an episode. We've got an somewhere. episode about yeah. that. If you look on it, um, 
uh, where we interview someone from like a small business association. Yeah. By, uh, by, by the way, I just want to interject here. If you're looking for one of our podcasts, I've discovered recently that the best way to find a specific podcast on a topic is to type custom apparel startups podcast and then what the episode is about in Google. Oh, okay, and that will great. lead you more, most easily towards great, um, great towards what you're looking for. So uh, treat it like a business, which means yeah. make it a business. You want to look into actually making money. You want to do invoices and sales yeah. orders. Treat it like a business. When if you if you do an order for a family member, you write up a little sales order. Yeah, and you give it to them, and they give you the money, and then you give them a receipt when it's done. Right. And you treat it like a business, and and it's gonna feel funny and and maybe a little bit at first when you first start doing this, especially if you're mostly doing business for people that you know. Yeah. But it's really going to make you feel great because you it's, now it's, it's a business. It's such a it's such a great feeling because I've done this. Yeah. Like you know, I've presented somebody. I've had a few different businesses over the years. You know, I've presented somebody with a bill and collected a check, and you know, here's this amount of money that might be more than you thought was possible. That someone's giving you for what you've accomplished. Yeah, and it's, there you it's, go. It's That's a great, so cool. It's a great feeling. Um, so number two, so two number yeah. two, uh, evaluate your profitability. Yes. So we kind of dove into that already. We did, but it's an important. It's 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 part of one, but it's so important. It has to be part. Two, it has to be number two. I've I found even people that already have ongoing businesses um, are frequently terrible at this. Yeah. Right. So you've got to look at how how profitable your business is, and if you're just getting into business, how profitable that you can make it. So for example, you would take the things that you've been selling so far, mm -hmm. and you know, you'd write down, let's say you are you did a vinyl shirt. Yep. How much did that cost me in vinyl? How much did that cost me in time? Um, yep. Yeah, time is important. How much did that cost me in other things? Like did I, um, you know, did how many times did I use the heat press? You know, mm -hmm. because there's wear and tear on that. You know, how what was design time like? You know, if it took you 20 minutes to do the design and then it took you 20 minutes to make the shirt, and how much did you charge for it? So you're gonna do all of that for what you're doing now, and then you're gonna set that all aside, and you're gonna go out and find out what people actually pay for the end result. Yeah. And somewhere in between those two things, you're going to find the profitability in your business. Yeah, and, and there's no um, there's no wrong way of starting to do this, I yeah. think. What you need to do is just start writing the little things down. Like, shirt is this much, the vinyl is this much. Yes. Like, really think about, you know, how much, if you're using vinyl, how much did you cut? Not how much did you use individually or was, yeah. was it eight? No. Is it what, a 10 by 10 what, yeah, did piece you, of vinyl? Yeah. Did you, did you use a foot of vinyl? How much is that one foot cost? Do some basic math. Just kind of get it going. Yeah. And, um, you know, how much time did it really take from, and the time is from the moment that you sat down and said, I, I'm started yeah. until the moment you stop what you're doing to go eat dinner, you oh, know, like, and, like and, th that's listen, the time. Like you think that's important for the, you know, for the cricket and the silhouette users. And, you know, if you've got like one of the, even one of the bigger cutters that you bought um, used or, or maybe low quality, um, it, that time thing is so much more in, important for my embroiderers out there. Yeah. Because you know what it's like. I mean, you digitize or you buy a design or you're typing on the screen, putting the, uh, you know, putting the lettering in. Um, and then 15 minutes later, you have a completed project. Or if you're using one of these $10,000 single needle machines, you know, you're, 
if you've got two colors or three colors, you're stopping and switching out threads. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's it's really time consuming. So you can't look back on doing a four shirt order or a four pillowcase order and say, okay, it took me two hours, but I made $11. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that doesn't that's, work. Yeah, that's not good. And, and I think one of the best things you can do is to, to evaluate your profitability on a very basic level, like because you're a home business that's just getting going, yeah. you're just trying to launch it off, is you take the the profit you made, and I would say I would say the the amount of the uh, the amount of money that you subtract from your cost versus right. what you charge. So that definition of yes. profit, because if right. you go into the profit first thing, there's it's different. It's a whole nother thing. Yeah. <laughs> but just that money, yeah. right? Costs you five bucks. You charged fifteen dollars. Yeah. The the profit that number is ten dollars. How much time did it take you to do it? Mm-hmm. And then you divide that up. How much did you make an hour? If you made less than minimum wage. It's you, not you've got to figure out a way to do it better. Right. All right. Now, of course, it gets complicated when we're talking about a one shirt order. That number is really rarely going to work out well. Right. But really, if, if you're doing, if you made 10 of something or 20 of something, that's a really great way to evaluate it because that that's a, that's a number that you should be profitable in. Well, you know, the, you know, both number one, start thinking about it and treating it like a business and evaluating your profitability in these first steps is where a lot of small business dreams die. Yeah. And they and they die because and if you are in the situation, you know, you know what I'm talking about obviously. But let's say you're doing a uh, you've got your um, cricket cutter or something like that and you get an order in for 40 shirts or 50 shirts. Yeah. And in the 87th hour of you cutting, waiting for the cricket to finish, you know, uh, you just, you look at it and says, I really don't want to do this anymore. It's like, it's, it takes too long. It's really hard work. Yep. Uh, it's because you have actually made that transition from a hobby, you know, to a mm-hmm. real business. But, you know, you, you haven't made any changes to the way you do things. Yes. You haven't evaluated your profitability. You haven't started thinking about like thinking about it like a business and taking a look at this order and how much money you're going to make and going like, man, yeah, I don't, you know, that's not going to work. Yeah. So, so at this point in time, if, if you, if you're starting to do some of this math in your head or you're getting, um, you're getting depressed because you're realizing something because that's going to happen with with a bunch of you listening is that you're just like i spent 12 hours on saturday doing something wasted my whole i promise you the next things answer and fix all of that so keep going okay so only on number two yeah we're only on number two the next things fix that okay so um number three number four we've gone back and forth and which one to say first in my head at least um, but I think we should just go with equipment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because this is the point. The, the situation we just talked about is usually the point where someone calls us, mm-hmm. right? Or they, they go online and they start searching for an answer of this problem. Um, I'm spending too much time doing this. My customers are asking me for things that I can't do. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, this is the time where um, you evaluate your equipment. Yeah. I had to do 25 shirts and it took me a day and a half yeah. to do it. All right. So what's, why, 
upgrade your equipment okay so let's just talk about and this and i don't think right now this is a this isn't a sales pitch of go buy something yet yeah it, this is an evaluation you have to make right so if, you, you may you may go through it and decide that that's not what you should do yeah you know but um but you've got to look do. at it because yeah. i don't know yeah. what you own right? right i have no clue what you own but i'll say like a couple things to mention right these are these are warning signs okay all right one is is if the equipment is what's slowing you down all right. I think that's like one of the number one things because yes. we talked about time just like a few minutes ago, right? Yeah. So uh, a cricket, very common piece of a uh, piece of equipment Which out is there. Which why we mentioned a lot. And um, our silhouette, you know, any of these little hobby cutters. There's yep. a few other brands out there that you might own, and you're listening to this, and you have one of those. When if you make a design, just imagine this. What if it was ten times faster at moving that blade? Yeah. Okay, so you have to imagine that in your head when you're looking at a design and and how as it moves along, if it was ten times faster, yeah, how long would it take to cut your design? So that's one right there. Just is the actual speed of what your equipment. Yeah, can do. And, and we're talking about difference in cutters. So this is a good, um, I mean, it's good specifically to talk about the cutter because it's a really common piece of equipment, um, but it's also an example. The same kinds of things will happen no matter where you upgrade to a business-oriented yeah. machine. So so it's not just the speed of the cut, because we've done those speed tests. It's what if you could, you didn't have to feed individual sheets in to do one design and then the next design, but you could have a five-yard roll of vinyl, and if you needed to do 25 of the same designs, you could just lay it out and hit cut and go and do something else. Yeah, like uh, the the 24-inch cutter yeah. that we carry, that can track 16 and a half feet long. Right. So you can put 16 and a half feet in a row without touching it. And this is true of an embroidery machine. Yeah. If you've got an, uh, a single needle machine that you're changing threads out yeah. on, um, you can run the machines faster. You can um, you can do automatic color change. It's true of heat presses. If you've got a really inexpensive heat press and you find that you you put a design down uh, on a shirt, you push it, you lift it up, and you go to peel it, and it's not stuck all the way, yeah. or there's pieces missing, yeah. signs of an inexpensive heat press. So if you're start if you're noticing in your business that you've got your equipment is slowing you down, your yeah. equipment is causing you to waste money, your 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 Equipment is not equal to commercial equipment. If you paid a hundred dollars for a heat press, right, it is not the same as an, as a heat press that costs a thousand dollars. Yeah, that, that's true. And by the way, this this also applies if your equipment is your hand. Oh yeah. So if you are hand painting, hand sewing, hand placing rhinestones, you know these are all things that you know you can be proud that you can do that. But once you start trying to produce volume, or you start really valuing your time you're going to look at that and, and look for better ways to do yeah. it people buy um people buy sticker vinyl draw yeah. on it and, and cut, cut it, it out. out and it works yeah and it does but but imagine you know your imagine a machine can do it you got so much time spent and you can add more detail and that's where it becomes a business so one thing to really evaluate is is can you invest in a piece of equipment yeah that will actually let you grow your business and i, I want to say two more things about that and the first thing is is this this conversation only works um if you value your time yeah because a lot of folks that are in your situation like assign no value to their time they think if they you know if they make ten dollars on a shirt great that's profit well no you spent all this time doing it and it's time that you could have spent 
with your kids. Yeah. Watching TV, you know, um, doing something else. I mean, if you're making less than you would on a regular job, the fact that you can do it in a lounge chair is not that big of an advantage. Right. So that's one thing that you have to be in a place where your time matters. Yeah. Um, and you also have to really go back to that thinking about it as a business because um, you're going to look at like, let's say you look at a piece of equipment that's available for lease mm -hmm. and it's two hundred dollars a month. So the hobby person is going to look at that and say, are you kidding? I could buy a car. Yeah, I could lease a car. And a business person is going to look at that and says, well, if I'm making ten dollars a shirt, like I sell ten shirts, and I'm going to save thirty hours a week, you know, not having to cut out individual stickers. Yeah, and and uh, you know, if, yeah, if it's two hundred dollars, you make ten hundred. You make two hundred dollars, you make ten dollars a shirt. That's twenty shirts. Yeah, that's simple math, right? And it, well, I can sell twenty shirts. That means I can. That means I'm in a position where I can afford yep. to finance or lease equipment or, or twenty signs or twenty whatever you do on Etsy. Yeah, you know, twenty of those. And, you know, that's really it. And uh, and then one last bit on that, since we're mentioning the financing, and I, and I it almost said it wrong too. I think I did say it wrong about affording the equipment. Yeah. You no, know, because that's the way people look at it. You look at it as a bill. Like, can I buy this car? Can right. I get this? Yeah, yeah. Can I get this loan on my house so I can put in a pool? Right. You know, you think of these things, and these are bills. Um, the uh, when you're looking at equipment and you're trying to make that yeah. jump. It's, that's not a liability to you. You know, that's something that is going to help you grow. It's, a, it's your an investment. It's an right? investment. And that investment means it's not just about. It's great to spend time with the kids, and it's great to go and to bed earlier. Yeah. Those are all great things. But if you're talking about growing a home-based business, part of what you can do is that extra two hours you saved are somewhere where you can go and you can attend a. Um, a luncheon for a small business group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like these are all little things you could do with that time. Yeah. You know, you can email and thank all of your customers. Things that you don't do now or you don't consider doing. Um, imagine your business as as when you do business with anybody else yeah. or anything else. What are little things that they do that you could do? Start envisioning those things. But the reason you don't do them now is could be time. Yeah. The equipment can save you time and it's a big deal and it's the difference between those folks who really skyrocket high in their business. Yeah, uh, or honestly, like, you know, if you, you know what your limitations are. Uh, if it takes you, you know, if it takes you three hours to do a 10 shirt order, or, you know, or a 15 shirt order, you can look into the future and see, well, I'm not willing to do more than 40 hours a week. Yeah. So this is all the number of shirts I'm ever gonna sell. That's a good point, is you know, doing and, that math and then, over time. And then, you know, and, and that's not that's not what I want. That's not my goal. If your goal is replacement income, if your goal is a thousand dollars a month, you can start that math and work backwards. Yeah, it's but, great. But really, one, two, and three kind of sit by themselves. All yeah. those versus the mm -hmm. versus the rest of the list. Yeah. So one, two, and three is a, I think is a mindset. Yeah. So it's a mindset of thinking about a business, thinking about making money, and and start thinking about equipment. Uh, for whether it's it's cutters or heat press or embroidery machine or t-shirt yeah. printing, transfer printers, whatever it is, all of that is a mindset of a business, right? A business has has certain things. If you're going to open up a mechanic shop, yeah, part of what you own is uh, is maybe like a, a, a press, yeah. certain tools. You know, you have you they invest yeah. in certain things. You know, mechanics will if you know anybody, mechanics or plumbers or electricians, those tools they have yeah, are very good, yeah. they're very expensive, and they look at them as something that they're proud to own. And if they 
if they had the wrong wrench and they go to put a, take a pipe on or off, it's going to take them forever. Yeah. Uh, my neighbor's got a tool for everything. Right. He's a facilities guy. He's a great guy. And every once in a while, I'm doing something, and he's got 20 years on me, so he's got 20 years worth of tool collection on me. Right, yeah, yeah. And uh, he comes in all the time, and he's, what are you doing there? I got a tool for that. Yeah. And I think I have a lot of tools compared to my other neighbor right. I've got 10 years on. So yeah. think about your equipment like that. Um, so now let's get into the actual physical things that you're going to do. Yeah, you've decided okay. You've decided that, yes, this is it. Like, I've got – I'm thinking about it as a business – I've taken a look at my profitability and figured what I need to what might need to charge. I've taken a look at whether or not I'm going to need equipment or when I'm going to need new equipment um, or more commercial uh, more commercial equipment. The next is I'm kind of defining and amplifying your niche. Okay, so um, this one is a focus type of a thing. Yes. So what it is is um, you when you think about your business, oftentimes what happens is you say. What do you do? I make t-shirts. Who do you make them for? I want to make them for everybody. Right. I love that idea. I mean, that's yeah. fun. However, that doesn't focus you to drive towards somewhere. Yeah. So picking a niche means picking one market, one type of customer mm -hmm. that you want to try to replicate over and over again and find that type of customer over and over again. And just as a side note, we've got tons of podcasts about this topic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots so of listen articles. To those. It's easy. Uh, it might be some very simple and obvious ones. Um, our youth sports. Yeah. You know, you do work for a little league. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, there's, there's also five other sports that they do at that park. Yeah. Can you meet any other people? There's right. also 10 more parks in your area. Yeah. So, so to, so first define your niche, mm -hmm. you know, if you have been, if I looked at your store or your craft room or whatever it is, and I see, you know, one toy, one t-shirt, one pillow, one, um, Christmas, one sports, one, you know, if, if you are kind of scattered like that, because you've been taking in orders from anyone that will ask, yeah. You know, then this is the time says, what do you, what are you good at? What do you want to do? What kind of people do you know? And, and make that your niche market. And that's your specific kind of tagline market. Yeah. So you might make apparel for um, small businesses. Yeah. Right. You may like uniforms or, yeah. you know, uniforms or polo shirts that salespeople wear yeah. or whatever it might be. You know, you might do a uh, youth sports you might do schools. Yeah, you could do bling shirts for moms. Yeah, you could. Uh, you could do with bling. Also goes along with dance yep. and cheer. Yeah. Um, it might. It could be for motorcycles. It could right. be for for cars and car racing clubs. Yeah. It could. It could you, be for boat enthusiasts. You, you could also start with with like a uh, an ideal person. So like you know everything that I make is for um, sixteen year old boys. Yeah. Or you know everything I do is for. Um, girls between like seven and twelve, yeah. And what they do, because you know they're like new your moms. kids, new moms. Mm -hmm. It's or you know it's it's bikers. Yeah. You know we've got tons of customers who make a living doing patches and things yeah. like that for for bikers. Whatever that is, this is kind of define your niche, and then just like Mark said, you know you're going to try to amplify that. Says, so oh wow, I've got four, I've got four or five girls at dance teams and cheer organizations that I do stuff for. Yeah. So. Let me go to other dance teams and cheer. Let me make sure that all of their friends know where they got their shirts. You know, let me um, talk to other people that are that are um, that are in the dance and cheer business about whether or not I can do shirts. For yeah, them. 
And the purpose of this niche is so you can focus everything that you're going to do with your business on that. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you that if you do sports and a, a plumbing company comes to you and says, hey, can you make uniform shirts, yeah. you turn it away. That's not defining that specifically. That That's that's a different part of you know your business. It's about focusing everything on it. So if you're going to do things for small businesses in your area, yeah. that means that the way that you sell is going to be going to those businesses. You're probably going to want to dress uh, appropriately for, for, a small the, for a small business. The marketing materials you're going to hand out, your flyers and brochures are going to kind of have that corporate look. Yeah. And, and here's why that's good. Here's that's mm -hmm. why, why it's a good thing to actually do that is because in any one of those examples, you want someone that is your ideal customer to, um, to come to your Facebook page or come to your website or talk to your other customers and see themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, so you know, if you are, if your market is stay-at-home moms, then you want if they go to your Etsy page, they want it to be, you want it to be full of stay-at-home mom stuff. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. have like the, you know, the, um, I don't know, the, the college athlete-oriented clothing right with the stay-at-home mom stuff. It's yeah. just a little disjointed. You're you're wasting your space. Yeah, and and it's gonna it, it'll confuse customers as they come into wherever they're looking yeah. at. And if you know you don't want to hand your business card that's got footballs and baseballs and bat yes. bats on it to somebody who owns you know uh, who's a director at the if electric company. Uh, you know, I, I, like, I just I just gotta say if you're if you're listening to the podcast as opposed to watching the video, Mark yeah. and I are both doing like all kinds of very informative pantomimes. <laughs> you know, we're like holding right out there. fictitious business cards and. Making squares of a computer screen—it's really well, entertaining. Well, it, and it's well, it's great. It, I think it's watching it is good because mm -hmm. it's interactive. But if you're listening to it, that's fantastic too. Yeah. W one thing, just to kind of pitch in the middle—if you're watching and listening to this, you know, definitely um, share. You know, yeah. give us some good ratings online wherever you're listening to iTunes. Um, I just think about that. I like to mention it. Um, so now the next is uh, dig deeper into your current customers. Right. Okay. So so. One more thing on amplifying. Oh sure, niche, okay. And that is uh, do more of that, mm -hmm. right? So so if you if you have that kind of scattered uh, business presence, you know the stuff that you've made, you know pick your niche, and then do more of those things. Make more of those shirts. Paint more of those signs. Oh, yeah. You know mm -hmm. whatever it is, you're going to amplify it because you you want to do more of that for more people. So it's not just offering the same shirt design to more people. It's doing more designs related to that topic, and getting them in front of more people. Um, and that's where kind of digging deeper into your current customers yeah. might go. Yeah, and, and that's actually, that's where Number five. in my head it transitions yes. there. Okay. But I'm glad you said it out loud. So as you're, you define your niche, whatever this might be, um, you've said, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna sell to um, you know, local small business owners. You know, I'm gonna sell to um, new moms, yeah. right? So what are the local small, you know what can what can I do when I dig deeper into my current customers? So you're a small business owner now, and you've got a handful of these customers that are in your niche already, mm -hmm. right? Um, hopefully you're there. You might not yeah. be there yet, but this is going to be your next step. But but even if it, but even if it's friends and family, yeah. Even if you're just making stuff for um, for friends for Christmas, you know, gifts, and they're selling it, you know, you're whatever you're doing, you know, ask those people. Um, what else they buy? Yeah. What else they do? Yeah. No, it's great. And and you've got to. So what you're going to do is your first step is you're going to 
find what your niche is then and then and you're going to start to get customers from that niche you're going to go out and sell yep listen to other podcasts that talk about doing that um the, the one let 29 30 and 31 get into that as well yeah but, well let me let me let me take away the s word sure because you are going to be selling yes but you're going to do that just by letting people know what you do oh yeah and asking them what other stuff in in the very in the beginning in the in the beginning of it it's it's almost the easiest time, yeah. Because all you, because you just start throwing things out there, and you're automatically going to find all of that low hanging fruit, yeah. Of your neighbor, I didn't know you did that type of stuff. Those are great. So, um, but what you're going to do is you you've got a niche market, and and you're going to start to sell to these customers eventually. You're going to start to make money from certain customers. Mm-hmm. So you got to dig deeper into those customers. Ask them what else do they buy? Is there anything else that you that you can provide to them? Um, do they also need? I know I'm I'm you make shirts. You know I make shirts for you. Do you ever buy hats? Yeah. Do you buy bags? Do you buy cases for laptops? Do you buy pens? You know whatever else yeah. you're going into. Try to get try to go deeper into that customer. Don't just let assume that because they only buy tote bags from you, yeah. that there's nothing else that you could and, bring and, in. And you and can you can use your own your own shopping and your own life as an example. You know, you don't you rarely just go in and buy a dress a dress shirt or a dress mm-hmm. or a new handbag. Right? You're going to end up in a store that has all of these other things. And they have those other things. They've got jewelry. They've got hats. They've got shoes. They've got all those other things because they know, even though that you're walking into a business suit store or a dress store, they know that you also buy these other things. Yeah. So you're going to do the same thing. Like, I know I sell you um, uh, mom fan shirts for kids that play t-ball on Saturdays. What else do your kids do? What else are you wearing? Do you use the seats for the stadium? Yeah. You know, do you wear a sun hat? Do you keep a, uh, like a, um, a reusable bottle of water? Yeah. You know, what else, what else around this do you, do you buy? A, a bag that you bring. I mean, there's yeah. so many things you can do. And um, so you've got it. And then I, I like to think of it like this. So um, your customer is a, if, you, if you've had a fruit tree or a garden or anything like that mm-hmm. um, at your home, what do you do, right? You go and if you've got a, like a tomato plant, right? You come and you pick a tomato off and you eat it, right? And now there, more tomatoes are gonna grow from that tree. Right. Or from that tree, whatever. <laughs> the tomato tree. The, the tomato no, that's tree. Okay. It's like twenty feet tall. Yeah. So, I'm gonna um, make a, a list canopy. of your I'm gonna make a list of your examples <laughs> someday. Um but what yeah, so what you've got is like your you've got a tree in your yard, it's an apple tree. I'm switching. Apples. Yes, it's okay. an apple tree. So go back to that tree and you will pick more apples. You will find apples. Yeah. Sometimes you're gonna go to that tree and there's not any good apples to eat. Other times you're gonna go and there's gonna be a lot. Other times you're going to go and you're going to see that your tree is, is sick, right? Okay. That's where your customers are going to be. So when you find a customer, you've got to go back to them often. Go, Just ask them. Shoot them an email. Stop by their office. See them at the ballpark. Whatever yeah. it is. Keep going back. Do you need anything else? Can I help you with anything else? And that's yeah. the equivalent of walking into your yard, checking your apple tree, 
and seeing if there's any fruit there. And you never know when you're going to go out there and you're going to get a piece of fruit. So you've got to go to your customers and go back to them and back to them. That's part of digging deeper into your customers, I, too. I like that. Unless it's like December December, and you're in Quebec, yeah, <laughs> then you're pretty sure there's not going to be apples. Well, and there Maybe. we go. Uh, the chances, if, you, if your niche is, um, is, seasonal. Like youth, is, is seasonal, like like Pop Warner football, yeah. you know you're not going to get anything out of it, out of them during that when they're off season. Yeah. So you've during that time it's it can we can actually get into what you can do during that time yeah. later. But we're not at that number yet. But but but, but I like that. So you're defining and amplifying your niche. So you're picking mm -hmm. like the market that you're most comfortable with, get the most business from. You're doing more of that. And then you are contacting customers that buy from you and you're looking for what else they buy. Um, so you can, again, like maybe go back to number three and see if you want to evaluate the equipment that you use. Yeah. Or the products that you produce um, to sell more to people that are already buying from you. Yeah. Should you, you use a, um, an embroidery machine now, and, but right. you're finding that your customers also buy t-shirts, maybe in, in all of that, the, in the equipment side, it's, I should yeah. get a t-shirt transfer. And, and, that, and that's actually number six. Yeah. Because you should um, expand your product lines to match um, what your customers want. So, you know, or maybe it's not your product lines, maybe you outsource it for a little while, but, you know, be the person that, that same customer that you already make money from, be the person that they can go to for everything around what you normally sell, mm -hmm. you know, and and then that will add to your business. It'll yeah. to your business. And and ex when you're expanding your product lines, um, it falls a little bit into that the digging deeper into customers and expanding your product lines. Yeah. Really, um, they go back and forth between each other, right? Because sometimes digging deeper into your customers is not just going there and asking them for more business, but right. you're asking them for something and they say they want hats. You don't offer hats because you don't have any way of making hats. Is And then, it's so you do this like circle. Of, yeah. You're always going back to those top three. Okay, well I want to make hats. Is that good for my business? Is it going to be profitable for me? What equipment do I need? Yeah. And you go back, and so you go back. So oftentimes, as you're going down this line, you go back to number one, two, and three, and think of it like that's business. a great that's a great growth path. Yeah, I like that a lot. And so uh, expand where you can. And the typical path of expansion is is to start with the easiest things. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a if you do heat transfer vinyl, or you do or you, you do digital transfers, and you put them on shirts. You can use that same heat press to put them on tote bags, to put yep. them on koozies. To flat things. Flat things. Yeah. You could put them on all types of flat things. So what are other flat things you could sell your customers that you can use your same thing? Yeah. So go back to your customers and dig deeper by offering more. Right. Um, so do you buy anything flat? That's the, that's really the the question that you want to ask. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, is there anything <laughs> flat? Is there anything flat you buy? Because I specialize. I can, that's my niche. Yes. Flat things. things or things I can make flat for a temporary <laughs> period of time. Right. Um, so I think so. That's good with that. So yep. next, um, another one that's important and it's more of a tip. Um, I think you know, Number but seven. it's really important. Number seven. Number seven um, is to create a referral plan. Plan. What do you mean by that? Okay, so um, you've got a niche market. You're digging deep into those customers. Mm -hmm. You are you're expanding other things you could sell to these same customers, probably with the same equipment you own now. But you want to get more customers. Yes, you're the people who are your current customers who buy from you again and again. They like you. They continue to give you money, yes. which means that they like you. They they enjoy doing business with you. The act of 
giving you money and getting something is probably a pleasurable experience right. for them. So they are likely to tell other people. So what you want to do is you want to add, you want to make a plan of how to get referrals from your customers. Okay, and and a referral is when someone recommends you. Someone recommends you. Right. Exactly. So there's a couple ways to do it. You can have um, active referrals where you can ask your customers in one way or another to tell other people. Yeah. Um, this is uh, you sometimes see this with. Um, you know, hey, here's a few of my business cards. Pass these to your friends who might also be interested. Yeah, that could be a simple version of the plan. Yeah, um, you could have give these to give these to some friends of yours, and I will make them a free hat with their first order type of stuff. I like that. It could be bribery. like a coupon. You know, um, I will give you something for free if you refer. So that's yeah. You can plans like that. The way to um, think of these plans are really just go out into the real world and look how other businesses do it anytime. Yeah. And you, you've been there where a store asks you for a referral or an AC company asks you for a referral. If they just fixed your AC, they might ask yep. you to refer friends. You know, I'm, I'm going to add something to this, and that's um, kind of the, the digital referrals as well. So yeah. what you can do is maybe what you can do is ask somebody to, if you, if you liked what I did, Please review me on Facebook. Yeah. Please share a picture of your shirt. Uh, you know, review me on Yelp. Give me a shout out on Google Plus. I think there's still people that. Use yeah, uh, I know, think I think they're they're closing it down. Maybe. I think they are. <laughs> so <laughs> but, get in while you can. Yeah. But, um, Instagram. You can ask them. You know, yeah. to post it on Instagram. Like those are those are other ways. So I think like a good. What? How can you ask your customers? to refer people. And it also can be uh, another way is like where you do the action on the referral. So you go, if you have a small business owner that you do work with and you say, hey, thank you so much for your order. Um, by the way, I'm trying to grow my business just like you are. Um, do you know anybody else? Do you have any business cards or, or can you email, you know, email me with somebody else and let them know that I'm your new yeah. um, t-shirt person and maybe we can, you know, and add, just ask them for that. Things like that where yeah. they give you somebody's name or phone number or they might just passively just say, yeah, go down go down five doors down that yeah. shop, ask for Eddie in there, and tell, I, tell I him that I that. said that that you're the new t-shirt lady. That, you know, you're the new t-shirt that guy. Is, that is the best thing if, you're, if your market, if your niche market happens to be in a strip mall, yeah. that, that's just gold. So you go into a hair care place where you do the aprons um, and ask them, you know, who else should I be doing this kind of thing for? And honestly, they'll give you three or four more people just off the top of their head. Yeah. So think so, of what. A, so for for developing a plan is simple. It's not. It's not. It doesn't have to be complicated. Write down a few things you'll ask customers for. Will you ask them to email people? Will you ask them to pass out business cards? Will you ask them to call somebody for you? Will you ask them just to tell me names of people and I'll go talk to them? Yeah. And and so so think about this too, and and maybe write it down. Make a few notes in advance so you're not trying to figure it out on the spot. If you are going to deliver a product to somebody, a friend, family member, a neighbor, or, or a business, what are you going to do? A, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to ask them if they know anybody that's looking for something like this right now. Mm -hmm. Second thing I, I'm going to do is, who else should I be talking to? You know, third thing I'm going to do is, is, hey, here's my Facebook page address. Do you mind doing a review for me on Facebook? You know, just know exactly what you're going to do. So you don't get tied up and get nervous and forget. Because I know for a lot of you, like this is a new thing. You're, you're at home, you're, you, you're having fun doing a craft, you recognize there's some money that can be made. You know, and this, this taking it to the business level is 
might be a little out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like if you do a little preparation, it'll be easy. I yeah, and it can be simple stuff. You know, you ask, hey, note that someone will say, thank you, these look awesome. Yeah. One of the best ways to thank me is to take a picture of it and put it on Facebook and tag me um, or my business page or take a picture of, on Instagram and use this yeah. hashtag and tag me in it, whatever it might be, because their friends will see it. Yep. So there's lots of little ways to do it where some of it's literally, here's my friend's phone number, call me, call her. She's going to want um, some more. She's going to want Christmas stockings too. Yeah, just yeah, tell yeah. her. I, it could be that to just a Facebook post. I love that. But so think of a, think of some a, a ways that you're going to do it ahead of time. Make, make a plan. Mm. I promise it will make you more money. Yep. So what what's our next <clears throat> one? Number eight is, um, I like the way you put this. It's live social. Yeah, live social. So everybody already does this, but it's living social with business in mind. So um, the vast majority of the people that buy equipment both you know starter sets of equipment mm -hmm. and the big stuff the vast majority of them most of their business is local yeah like 80 yeah. 90 percent of their business is within you know 10 miles of their house or their business so i'm i'm pretty confident the same is going to be true for you when you get started so you have a great opportunity to do things like um, join the chamber of commerce mm -hmm. to go to charity events to go to networking functions to um, go to church with a stack of cards, you know, to be out in your community and be social with your business in mind. Yeah, and, and what's really cool about it is it doesn't have to be in your niche um, necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's just got to be a place where you can meet people and, and get to tell them what you do. Yeah. Right. So if your niche could be new moms, right? However, you, um, you're a car enthusiast. Right? right, like, or your, or or your, um, your. So here's the scenario: wife is into making new mom apparel. Uh, the husband is huge car guy, goes to the car events every weekend yep. to the shows. Right, yep. so go with him to there. Right, meet some people. Oh, by the way. And anytime you hear anything about, oh, oh, you just got married, oh, talk, yeah. talk about what you do. You'll meet people. So they can be completely unrelated, and you'll meet people. Yeah. Um, but when you go to these events, you're going to meet people. You're going to get to say what they do, and then almost every time you attend an event where you're going to meet other people, yep. new people, and you say what you do. If you're in the custom apparel industry, wear your work. You're, yeah, yeah. You're, wear, wear your, your work. work, and people will all. You're a hundred percent of the time. You're going to run into somebody that says, "Oh yeah." I need, or I know a guy who needs, or I know a business owner who needs. I, You're gonna I, see that. I know one of our customers that has a, a pro spangle. That's a kind of bling machine. Yeah. Does amazing designs. She prospects at the grocery store. Oh yeah. She goes yeah. to the grocery store wearing one of her shirts and a hundred percent of the time, some woman will walk up to her and say, where did you get that shirt? Now this, this living social thing works particularly well if you are your customer. So in other words, if you are a new mom, um, it's easy to be social because whenever you go to a new mom activity, baby yoga, yeah, you know, or you go to the the toddler park, if that's a thing now, yeah, um, you I, know, yeah, I think wherever wherever you go and you are your customer, definitely you should be wearing your work and letting the other people that are just like you know what you do. Yeah, and so just you've got think about it creatively in your own world if you do 
if you do apparel for pets, yep. you go to the dog park, go to pet events, you know, whatever it can be. Um, go any, anywhere where you're allowed to bring pets that people do, go yeah. to those places and, and wear your work. People will run into if Somebody's going to ask you what you do. Yeah. If you're uh, just a business type of a person, you know, where you're and your plan is to sell to businesses, yeah. then you do the same thing. You go that you join the Chamber of Commerce, you wear your work, you shake hands with business people mm -hmm. and you tell them what you do. No matter what it is, there is a place you can go to to meet people and socialize with it and if if it's new to you and you're not really extra an extrovert to go out and do this and, yeah. it, and it's reserved for you just wear your work be prepared with maybe some cards in your pocket and walk around and you'll accidentally stumble on somebody you can handle you you, you will and, and, and you'll get better at it i'm going to say that this applies not just to the you know to the real world it also applies to the online world and that kind of bridges into number nine yeah that we're going to talk about in a second but living social could also be if you are a new mom and you're part of a facebook group mm -hmm. or if you you know if you've got a circle of people on instagram that you follow mm -hmm. uh, that are you yeah you know, that are basically you if you do anything social at all with social media if you participate in next door for your neighborhood then you know you you can start doing the same thing that you would do in a group. You start sharing your business card by sharing a, you know, a web page or a Facebook page. You know, you can talk about the latest project that you've worked on. Yeah. You know, so if you're on the on the Shih Tzu fun Facebook page, you know, then you can say, "Hey, check out this shirt I made. I've got a Shih Tzu. I do shirts like yeah. this." You know, and you can Absolutely. do that and and it is a great way to be social and to be to be productive for your business at the same time. Yeah, so we transition into the next one, um, which is go online. Now this one, I don't, this is a danger for you and I, because we can fall into a trap and talk yeah. about it for a half hour. Yeah, we'll, so let's, we'll, we'll be careful. Yeah, we'll be careful. But um, one way to go online is you build a web store. This is yeah. a simple way to do it. You build a web store that your customers that currently buy from you can go online and buy additional things. Yeah. Okay, so this can be an eBay store, an Etsy store, your own custom-made, you know, Shopify, um, Shopify e-commerce type of a site. You can do this on Facebook. Facebook will you can take payments on Facebook yep. on on your business page. So you find a place where you can sell. Um, if you do only custom things, like you only for your businesses, you just do custom logos for them. Think of things that you can sell to these customers that are more generic made. So like like designs. Yeah, give me give me an example. So I would say, um, so if you're going to sell, if you sell to say like in the cheer world, right? Okay. Or in the dance world or in any type of a sport. And normally what you're doing is you're making jerseys and all stuff like that, right? With team logos. With team logos. Names, you're yeah. doing names and logos and very, very specific things. So what you do is you find in that niche, you say, okay, I'm gonna make uh, basketball mom shirts, basketball dad shirts, football mom shirts, and I'm gonna come up with like four, six designs yep. because I do a bunch of youth sports stuff. They're all gonna be generic, and I'm gonna put them in my online store, and then I'm gonna share them with all, share this with all of my customers. Mm -hmm. Emailing them links, putting it on your business card, posting yep. on your Facebook page, um, posting it on uh, pictures of the stuff on Instagram. So you give your customers an opportunity to buy things that are almost pre-made yep. and ready to go. 
And this is a, a, a simple way to get into the online business. And you just, you pick, and we have customers who do this where they mostly do custom work, but they've got four or five designs that they've made yeah. for themselves sometimes that look great. So they put it on their online store. As an example. As an ex And they've got, you can have five products. Right. You can start small in this. You can have one shirt. Yeah. That's like your favorite one that every time you wear yeah. this, you get a compliment. And if, you, and if you think your customers might like it, then then it's fantastic. So I'm talking about it could be if you're a harder one is business. If you do corporate logos, right? Maybe you you got to do some real examples. Yeah, but a, a corporate logo. If you're doing corporate logos, what you can actually do is you can take a golf shirt mm -hmm. and you can embroider maybe like a simple little golf logo, mm -hmm. just two golf clubs and a, and a thing. Yeah, and, and you're kind of demonstrating the possibilities. Yeah, and you could just and you could embroider like a little football. On yep. a nice, get like a really nice shirt yep. like that embroidered on it yeah. and put it up for sale. And the folks that are, bit, you know, business owners that you sell to, that golf might see that and a couple of them might buy this yeah. $20 shirt. And I'll, I'll, I'll take the, another route is because e-commerce, shopping carts, web stores can be a little scary for some Yeah. And it's not hard. I promise that if you, if you spend some time to learn a little bit, you can definitely do it because I've got friends that started out with a uh, you know with a small store that just kept getting bigger and they still say that they don't know what they're doing but they're making tons of money yeah <laughs> so um so there's that but you at the very least you should be online because everyone is going to ask and it doesn't 100% have to be an e-commerce store or an Etsy store it can be a Facebook page or a one or two page website that just tells people about your business yeah. And how to get in touch it can be that if that's all you can do then at least do that because it's important for you to be online yeah and and i think that in in the growing your home-based business plan when you've got that online presence if if you can really push yourself out to get a, a, the ability to sell things online to your yeah. current customers it's going to be a separate growth path for yeah, you so and, it should be something you should look yeah. for in the future even if you don't start there and this is not the answer to your business yeah so we talked to so many people that you know have bought a piece of equipment and they do uh, their own logo and they do t-shirts mm -hmm. and they do a website and nothing ever sells yeah so just doing just having a website is not sales yeah right That's true. just just when you put up a website people aren't just going to magically find you and and I'm, I'm saying this now because you're in that spot where you're going from a hobby, you know, to a to a real business, and you might shop online all the time yourself. You know, your friends might say, "Oh, you've got to have a website," mm -hmm. you know, things like that. I mean, that's all great. That's not where you're going to make your money. Ninety-eight percent of the time, you are not going to be the one that all of a sudden ten thousand people find you and buy stuff. Yeah, yeah, right? and that's why I think it's important that it's down further on the list yeah. is because you should be doing all of the other things first before right? you do before this. you before you do this yeah. um and it's it, you know this this is one way of doing it this is a plan that we know works for a lot of people which mm -hmm. is why we're putting it in this order right when just going out and talking to people and getting business that way is the fastest way to get into it and then the online part and getting social and getting viral and all that stuff is is a different way yeah. um that doesn't mean that 
these can't be flipped around in different orders. But right. we're telling you a plan that follow this plan and, and, and you'll do and you'll, you'll do okay. You'll do yeah. good. Yeah. So so the number ten is actually one of those ones. I'm glad you brought it up that you could put in a couple of different places on this list. Mm -hmm. You know, I think partnering with other businesses, um, and by that we're talking about. Um, kind of outsourcing, right? Yeah. Well, out, I think it's two things. It's outsourcing or it's referrals. Okay. It depends on on how you guys want to build the relationship. Um, you do you do uh, sports apparel. Mm -hmm. Sports typically have awards and trophies. Yeah. You do not good, sell good awards and trophies. Find an award and award and trophy company who does not make shirts. Yeah. And partner with them. You can partner with them by offering the awards and trophies. And, and and selling it through using that you're, you're the conduit yep. by outsourcing it um, and maybe you make a commission um, you could do it where you guys just promise to refer each other business yep. when I get a new customer I'm gonna give him your card when you get a new customer I'm gonna yep. give you yours and you can refer so it. so let's let's restate that mm -hmm. because I think it's an important distinction in one type of partnership what you're doing is just agreeing to refer customers to each other mm -hmm. So um, I do embroidery. I don't do printed T-shirts. There's a screen printer that I know in the same in the same neighborhood. If somebody asks me for screen printed T-shirts, I'm going to send it to to them. Vice versa. Someone comes in and orders you know 12 screen printed T-shirts, but they also want an embroidered logo on a polo. They're going to send it to you. Yeah. The other way is kind of more outsourcing, where you have a customer and um, they they want to order 24 shirts. You don't send them anywhere. You buy the shirts from somebody and resell it to your customer. Yes, right? you go. To, you go to that local t-shirt shop. You say, "Here's the logo that I have. I need these shirts. Here's the sizes. How much you're going to charge me for it?" Um, by the way, you've you've established that you're building a relationship with them. So you told yeah, yeah, you yeah, tell yeah. them that you're you gonna do that in advance. You're going to resell these, yeah. and they typically will offer you a. a, a a price below retail, right? Um, and then you take that, you mark it up to retail, and you make that twenty percent or whatever it might yep. be that you make in that in that markup. And then they're buying the shirts from you. You are outsourcing it to a a business that you're partnered with. Yeah, and you you keep that great relationship with the customer. They start looking mm -hmm. at you, you know, to buy more and more things. Yes, yeah. and you're going to find that um, as you go out, because you should be actively going out and doing this. Mm -hmm. Where's a company? No matter what niche you're in, you can find related ones. Okay, are, are there? Is there a company who makes signs? Is there a company who prints flyers and business cards that I can partner with? Is there a company who um, who makes T-shirts? Is there a company who makes yeah. you know, whatever it is? Find all of these. Find local business people that are that you can be friendly with, that you're going to want to do business with, and some of them might say, "No, I don't do any wholesale stuff, but I love referrals." Yeah, you go with that one. Others say, "No, nah, the referral thing. I'd, I preferred. I would prefer you just to make the sale and bring yeah, it." Yeah, they don't want to deal with the customers. So, so you're going to find out which ones and partner with those. And Both the, relationships are great. Yeah, and the other side of that is, you know, you're going to go to those same businesses and say, "Hey, this is what I do. Which one of those relationships would you like?" Yeah, you know. So, if you would prefer to provide goods that they can sell to their customers, that's a good business. You know, or if you just rather have the referral, you can go to, you know, um, embroiderers in your area and say, hey, I do vinyl tees. I will sell them to you for a discount. You can turn it over to your customers. Or, hey, I do vinyl tees. I'm glad to exchange customers with you. Yeah. Yeah. So you find right because you want to you want to offer the service back. So offer a wholesale 
to these people so they can mark it up yeah. and they'll sell for you. And um, again, think about go back to one, two, and three there yeah. because you've got to have enough profit in the shirts where you can afford to take a yeah. little bit off so someone else can get a piece of it and, and you didn't have to make any of the sales. And I'll also say you don't want to do this too early in my opinion. So yeah, that, you're just that's getting, why it's all, yeah, the, way it's all the way down there. If you're just getting started, you know, you don't want to go out to these businesses um, because you want to make sure that you've got your own little customer base going. You want to make that sure you have an online presence. Good, that you've got an you online presence. You know, you, you really want to, you know, there's a little exposure when you do this yeah. uh, because you're giving other vendors ideas. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're securing your business. Yes, you uh, that I and uh, I, I don't know if we said it. I don't think I said it. But it, to me, when I put this down and I wrote this mm -hmm. um, and we wrote this together, but when it, when the idea first came out, this is to be done in order. Okay. I think yeah. that's why it's like, don't go to try to get a referral partner if you don't have an online presence yet. Yeah, or if you don't have equipment to handle it. Or if you don't order. have equipment, yeah. If you're still working off of a hobby-sized machine yep. and, a, and, a, and an inexpensive, heat, cheap heat press, mm -hmm. and you try to go get referral business from somebody, you, you're gonna, you can get yourself into some hot water. Right. Um, really meaning that you're going to take an order you can't fulfill and you're going to burn a relationship. Yeah. So um, the next one. I like number 11 yeah, a lot. Yeah, uh, so this is your opportunity to grow your business by taking back some time yeah. by hiring freelancers. Yeah. So, um, or really just outsourcing any of your work that you are are not, you don't want to do or you're not proficient at it. And when we say hire freelancers, we, we just really mean pay somebody else to do the work. Pay someone else that to do you don't something. have time to, you don't want to, or you're not capable of yep. doing. So this could be um, if you're embroidery, doing your digitizing. Yep. If you do vinyl cutting, um, it could be to get somebody to do your artwork for you, yep. um, to prepare for prepare for cutting. Um, it could be somebody doing accounting working for you. It could be somebody for that online presence. Somebody working just, on your website. Yeah, working on your writing the things that are on your website. Yeah. writing the product descriptions. It's or a big writing, deal. Writing the about us page. You know. Um, it could be a salesperson. Anything. A salesperson. It could yeah. be somebody who helps you sell. But hire somebody that is not a full-time employee. This is somebody you're paying for gigs. Yeah, you're paying. Um, I want you to. Um, I want you to do this artwork for me. How much are you going to charge me? It's twenty bucks. Okay, I'll give you twenty bucks. You give me the artwork. The deal's done. Yeah, and and it's over. That's and we, why. we've got a good article on. Um, when to outsource and hire, yeah. hiring freelancers. Maybe we'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah, cool. I think that'd be a good. Yeah. One. So um, this is the next step, I think, in in this is begin to outsource anything that you can't do. Mm -hmm. Hire some freelancers to do some work for you, and it can be anything. It could be delivering the final product. Yeah. It, you know, it could be it could be just taking the box and driving it somewhere. And this is one of those things what that you should do if you possibly can in advance of you absolutely needing them in the next thirty minutes. Yeah. Because we get, you know, the, the custom apparel startups Facebook group, you know, we're we're in there all the time. One of the most common things is, Hey, I need this digitized in the next thirty minutes. Yeah. You know, or can somebody do this graphics for me in the next two hours? That's not the time that you want to establish a new relationship. Yeah. You know what? You've got something come up or maybe you realize that you're going to need somebody to do digitizing or to do graphics work for your t-shirt transfer business. Um, someday, hire them to do a couple of small things now. Yeah. That's so you have the, a relationship. You know what the yeah, quality and the turnaround time is. That like. is a great one is that even though you're going to mostly do all your own work for yeah. this one particular thing, um, 
find somebody that you can to give a give a, a job every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, just, okay, once a month I'm going to pay somebody to do my artwork. I know I can do it. I hate to give up that twenty bucks, but remember that twenty bucks you're going to give them is going to be thirty minutes or an hour worth of time yeah. for you. Yeah. So you you're so it's worth do, it. You're going to do something with it, hopefully. Um, so you should hire some people to do freelance, outsource some things, start small when you don't necessarily need it. And and then so you're so it's ready to go later. That's the best plan rather than needing it. You're rushed into it. You make a rush decision. Yeah. You find a bad it, person. It, it's and, like you know. it's like kind of finding a, you know, finding a CPA, you know, in February of the following year. Yeah. You know, you know, really, that's not what you want to do. You know, maybe you look for a bookkeeper. You know, if you don't find yourself doing really well with invoicing and things like that, maybe you look for a CPA. You know, all of these people that you know you could talk about them as freelancers or outsourcing, you know, what you're going to put together is kind of this virtual team of people that you can rely on to fill the holes that you need to grow your business. Yeah, and 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 I'm not opposed to this being friends, family, or your kids. Okay. You know, um, especially as you're getting into getting used to doing yeah. this type of a stuff. So if you've got a teenage kid, they're pretty good with graphic arts. They like having fun. I'm going to give you 10 bucks if you do this. Yeah. art for me you know so it's like it's fine to do that if you have a friend who does bookkeeping for a living yeah then you can go ahead and say hey I, I, can i pay you for like two hours a month to just make sure my book it's a great books idea are clean my, uh, you know and idea. and i'll what, what would you what can i give you for that yeah you know and and you just start because it that these little things will put you on the right track because what if it's a friend of yours, they're going to look at it. Maybe, maybe it's it's such simple as take me out to dinner that night and I'll look at it for you over yeah, dinner. There you go. And then they look at it. They tell you, you're doing all this hey, wrong. Hey, hey, Yeah. Just dinner. Yeah, just it's dinner. just dinner. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I, there's, so there's <coughs> one more step. Um, and uh, I think this is, this is the key to the, to how you, the biggest the, key right this here. This is where you level up. This is where you level right? up. So, so what you're talking about is you've gone through all these steps. So you're, you're running an actual business. You're running a profitable business. You're you're either have purchased or you're looking at that expanded equipment. You've gone through. You've got a you know you've got a web presence. You do referrals. You're you're going through steps one through eleven already. Step twelve is when you start looking at more markets. Yeah. Because what you've done is you've built a little. Um, maybe it's not little. You've built a model that works. Yeah. You know how to create the products. You know how to fill an order. You know how to get the customers. You know how to take care of those customers. You've you've got people in place that can do the things that you can't. You've got partnerships to fill orders that you can't fill. Mm-hmm. So now you've got this working bubble, and it's time to take that and, and do it again. Yeah. And you do it again uh, by finding that second market. So what are some good examples of that? Okay. So, um, well, first, uh, b- before an example, okay. I'll just go ahead and like metaphor it out. Oh, yeah. Because um, if you decide that you want to build a really big garden in your yard. I was hoping right? I was hoping you get back to tomatoes. <laughs> um, so you want to build a really big garden. You've never done it before, right? Mm-hmm. This is your dream. This is a dream for your business is okay. you have this giant garden that you want to build. Um, and you've got this, you've got it all planned out in your head. You know where it's going to be, tomatoes and zucchinis and, and, and peppers, all this stuff. Okay, Italian food. Ital- Italian yeah. food. So you, so you, if you try to build the whole thing at once, which is the equivalent of 
I'm going to make sure it's for everybody. Right. You're going to make mistakes in all of them all over the place. You're going to, the pH for the soil on the tomatoes, you didn't even know needed to be different than, okay. than for, I mean, there's all of these things that get mixed up and, and your whole yeah. garden fails. So what you do is you start with your, you start with the zucchini. Yeah. Right. This is your first niche. That oh, you I was going to say, because anybody can grow zucchini. Yeah. Zucchini you is throw like seeds you... out into the sand on the beach. <laughs> yeah. And be yeah. So you start with, you, you learn how to tend to them. You start, oh my gosh, there's insects. I didn't even know right. these insects were in my area. You know, oh, I, I have deer that live in the area. They're going to eat it. I put up a little fence. You know, you start thinking, this is, this is your business. These are the steps. You're one niche. You start doing everything yeah. for that niche. You develop a model. And once this garden is flourished, once your business is profitable and making money yeah. and you gain customers yeah. and you kind of realizing like, all right, this is the max space. This is the max amount of zucchini I can eat yeah. or I'm willing to grow or whatever it would be. That's kind of the equivalent of this business. All right. I don't know if I've tapped out this mar niche market that I'm in in my area, but I do car t-shirts. I go to every event. Every person knows me. Like I'm still growing, but I've, I've lost that momentum of growth. Now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get into bikes. Right, because all of those same skills, and by the way, I just want to publicly say uh, thank you for not uh, using the, you see a girl on a bike. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. So, so I was, <laughs> but you're right. You spoiled it. But it's so. kind of like, it's kind of just like what kind of things that we do, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with Coleman and Company and Cold Essie. Yeah. You know, uh, we started uh, decades ago as a company that sold embroidery machines. Yep. We got really good at that. We're still really good at that. But we realized that people that do commercial embroidery, you know, they also um, get requests for printed shirts all the time. Mm -hmm. So we started carrying direct garment printers, you know, and we took all those skills we learned for uh, finding customers, for teaching customers, for training and supporting. We applied it to the next product. Yep. And then we applied it to the next product. And you're going to do the same thing because you've always already got those zucchini growing and you're good mm -hmm. at it. So you're gonna look, well, what else could I grow? What other markets? I'm in the cheer market. Um, I do business with all the local high school cheer mm -hmm. leaders. Um, how about the private cheer clubs? Yeah. How about, you know, the dance clubs? How about, you know, anybody that does festivals? You know, how about, I do bling shirts, just in general, what other niches buy bling? Yeah, it's like I could you you do cheer, but now but you can your next niche could be new moms. Yeah, you know because you're 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 going it's related. So yeah, it almost it makes sense that it can go next. So it's good to find niches that are close by. The next step is number number twelve, mm -hmm. and uh, this is another one of my favorites. So number twelve is expanding your niche to a second market. Yes, and this is what you referred to when we were talking about this before. Um, it's like leveling up yeah. your business, okay? So um, I'd like to go into like a farming, uh, uh, gardening <laughs> metaphor again. Okay, thank um, you. I appreciate so that. if you try to grow, and this is, this is so let me kind of go back and forth on this, right? We said it's not a good idea. I'm going to make t-shirts for everybody. Right. That's not a good idea to start that way. You want to start with the niche. What are you going to grow in your garden? Everything, everything, everything that I that I love to eat: yeah. peppers, yeah, zucchini, yeah, yeah, yeah. tomatoes. I'm gonna do all of it. Um, so what's going to happen is you try to you put all the seeds down. You make all different mistakes and different things because oh this one needs this much water and this one's got the wrong sun and this one the soil pH is the not wrong right. season. The wrong season. There's all of this stuff. It's too much. It's too much at once. Um, 
So you start with one, you start with your niche, you start with your zucchinis or your tomatoes, you grow these, you learn about how to, you learn how to sow it, you learn how to get it growing, you build it up, you know you can replicate this Yeah. again. It, honestly though, anybody can grow zucchinis. Yeah, so, you know. yeah like you, you just throw seeds and they grow. Yeah. And so that's kind of like your first niche. Your first niche is, um, as you mentioned, something you like, something maybe a group that you're in, you're familiar you're with of. it. Yep. Um, it is uh, something that's the. It should be the um, easiest for you to get going for yeah. various the reasons. Most, the most natural. The most natural. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. So um, you're so you find that next niche. What is the next most natural thing? Is it related? Um, is there a another industry that's that you see is booming in your area? Yeah. So 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 here here's really the thing is one steps one through eleven, um, you've completed. So after you've completed that, you've got this kind of of bubble of success, mm -hmm. right? So you've already figured out that you know you've got a niche that you like, you've got one that's profitable. You're thinking about it as a business. You have an online presence. You've developed some social skills. You've got your accounting right. You know, uh, you've partnered with other businesses. You know, you've got all these things. So, so really, you know what to do. That's, yeah. that's what we're saying. One through 11, by the time you're complete with that, you know what to do to run a profitable small business for your particular niche, whatever it is. Yeah. So what you're going to do now is you're going you're gonna to look at that bubble of success that you've got. And it doesn't have to be a bajillion dollars. No, it could be it could be a, a, a manageable number. Yeah, it could small be, business. Yeah, if you're if it's this could be like I've got to or I'm making um, twelve thousand dollars a year. Yeah, whatever your goal is. You know, like I want to make another twelve, and I think the easiest way to get that to is to replicate this niche. Yeah. To this one next to it, so I focused on little league. Yeah. Football. Yeah. So so that's it. That's. One of the important parts here is you already know what to do for your business. Now you're going to take those same skills and the process that you've developed and apply it to something right next door. Yeah. So, you know, like, for example, um, I'll use Coldesi. So when Coldesi started 20 some odd years ago, you know, we were an embroidery machine company. We yep. only sold commercial embroidery machines. And man, we did that for a while and we got really good at it. We knew how to pick the embroidery machines to sell. We knew how to match up the machines to the customers so, so that they were successful. Uh, we were, got good at advertising. We knew what inventory to keep. We knew about shipping, all of that stuff. And then once that was wrapped up and we were good at it, you know, we looked at our customers just like we encourage you to do. You know, uh, what else do you buy? And it turned out people were coming to us because they wanted to get into the custom t-shirt printing business too. So we started selling direct-to-garment printer machines to those same customers and the ones right next door. Yep. And then we got really good at that. And we, we took that and said, you know what? A lot of people that do DTG, you know, they want to do vinyl as well. So we so that was kind of our growth path. It's what we're outlining for you. Yeah, and, and it's really... Um when you start your new your new business, you're going to come up with all these challenges. You're going to go through steps one through eleven, and um, and really the the four through eleven portion of it. Right. And you're going to get you're going to run into a lot of challenges there, and you're going to you're going to learn a bunch of great lessons. So what's cool is when you replicate it, some of those challenges now are, are erased because you kind of yeah. know you're like okay, well, I don't I, I know how to do this. You know where you, to buy stuff wholesale. Yeah. You know how to do an order. You know how to yeah. you know make a phone call. And new challenges will come up with your new niche. Yep. You know, be you're going to realize that um, you go from. <clears throat> 
from doing this one type of business. You'd go from doing, uh, say, uh, mortgage brokers and realtors and insurance agents and, yeah. and companies like that. Then you move, oh, okay, well, no, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna move to like um, more service level workers. So I'm gonna do like AC companies and plumbers and things. Yeah. Now you realize, well, I, I need apparel that's good for sweating in. You yeah. know, so you're gonna you're, you're gonna, gonna figure that out. You're gonna, but since you've already solved the problem before, you're gonna be solving a similar problem. Yeah, and um, that's why somebody who is a, if we're talking about gardening, somebody who's gardened a lot, um, and. Uh, I took I took three years of horticulture in high school. You know, I knew there was some kind just like just like your <laughs> persistent biker bar examples. I knew there was something in your past. Um, but uh, I don't normally I don't actively grow anything. However, I understand that that um, that what you're that what you're running into there is is going to be um, a series of success and failure and a methodology. And somebody who's been a gardener for five years yeah. they can get a brand new plant that they've never used worked with before yeah. but they know what to read they know what to understand they know what to look for because they understand it in general and that's what this is is you develop a niche you understand that niche and you understand the business in general then you expand and right. as that happens those problems that you ran into in the first place are going to be smaller and lesser and you're going to grow out of them faster more, more profitable faster. yeah more profitable faster and then you go through the next steps on that you make sure all the things happen on these things you go into all the customers you dig deeper you get referrals on them you make sure that this new niche has an online presence whether it's in the same store or whatever it is yeah i like um, all that you get new business partners that are related to this new niche. You get, um, you get maybe different freelancers that do different things because it's a different niche. All of these steps may or may not need to be done again. Right. And then now you've done it twice and then you do it again. And yeah. Again, and, 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 and that's how you grow it out. And it's just, it's easier to do things, <clears throat> excuse me, that are right next to your current niche. Yeah. But but it's not mandatory that no, they be. No, not So, at all. for example, like if you're doing... You know, if your market is is new moms, mm -hmm. then may then your next niche is might be yoga studios. Yeah, right. Because there's a relationship there. You know, it might go from yoga studios to um, to gyms and fitness centers. You know, and that's a nice natural yeah. progression. But it also could be that you know you were deep into the new mom niche and you realized that all of the husbands bowl. Yeah. You know, or a significant number of your customers' husbands bowl. So bowling shirts might be your next profitable niche. Yeah, tenuous connection, but it's still there. It's yeah. still the same skill set. And and I mentioned earlier about you know like if if the wife does new mom stuff and the the um, the husband is into the car clubs. Yeah, that maybe her next niche is the car shirts, and it's right. nothing related. However, she's got an in. Yeah. So if your if your friend works for um, you know works in the industry where where they do business with dentists offices and you might do things for bikers. Yeah. You know they they are not necessarily related. But there How, is a surprising amount yeah, of crossover. There is. Yeah. Um, however, though, because you because you can get into that business. Yeah. Then you can learn a new niche. So your niche it's nice when they're related, um, but at the same time you also part of it is you're looking for success. Yeah. So you're so they're related helps to bring success because you can bikes, cars, yeah. you know. Um, however, it's having an in, having a connection, having a referral source is great as well. Yeah. So I think we covered everything. Yeah. 
And um, the next action points for you are if you've got this small home-based business, I want you to think about these things, make some notes on what you would do next. Um, if you need help from um, experts on this, yeah. I want you to call up Coldesi and Coleman and Company. You probably get emails from us or, or other information or you've seen us online. Um, contact us, okay? And just talk to one of our experts and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. It's home-based. I've been doing this. I, I, you can even say, I listened to the podcast. They said, it's kind yeah. of inspiring me. I'm in the equipment section. Yep. You know, um, whatever what it might be. Yeah. What do I need to do? So talk to our experts here. Um, you can contact us, of course, online. Um, our, go to our um, Custom Apparel Startups Facebook group. Yeah. There's a lot of resources, but start taking the action because, again, we in the beginning I said there's three the three types of people that have that uh, would run into this podcast. Yeah. One is the person whose machine collects dust in a month. The next is the person who does the same thing, never changes, and they make the make same amount of money, don't do anything different, and right. it goes to infinity. And then the third person is somebody like you because you actually listen to this whole thing and you made it to the end of the yes, podcast you listen, that's a big that deal. means you're you're are in group three so act like you're in that third yeah. group and start following these and steps we appreciate you listening you are um, highly encouraged to um, rate us on itunes or stitcher or um, give us a great review on the website wherever you happen to consume the podcast um, ask us questions on YouTube. I would love for that to happen. We don't get a lot of people that talk to us there. If you watch this YouTube video, uh, then uh, definitely drop us a note. Yeah, okay. yeah. So thanks uh, so much. Take action. Do something. Talk to one of our pros, and um, and actually, you know, get into it. You can do it. Uh, tons of other people do. So I'm excited, and I really hope this uh, takes you to that next level. Yeah. This has been uh, Mark Stevenson from Cold Essie and Mark Vila from Coleman and Company. You guys have a great business. Uh -huh.